Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to The Savage Nation. Today is a very big day for myself and for America, no doubt for my listeners as well, because uh, the President of the United States will join this program within the next two hours. And I'm going to ask you right now, and I'm going to tell you some things right now, what would you like me to say or ask of President Trump? It is not often that he does radio, let's be clear. In fact, it's quite infrequent that he does radio. It's mainly television. However, coming into the home stretch of this election, and given what the Democrats are doing to this nation, given to the fact that they have stirred up the nation into a massive unrest I've never seen in my life, and I've lived through the 60s, I lived through the Vietnam War protests, I've seen the shootings at Kent State, I have never seen such mayhem orchestrated by the Democrats as I have, as I am seeing right now. So there's a lot to talk about, obviously. The enemies within are working around the clock to undermine the president, to undermine America, to cause as much damage as they can. Do you know that just this morning, that crazy governor of New York, Cuomo, came out and said, I'm going to shut New York and the Hamptons down again because I like the power. I love giving my speeches every other day about meatballs and my family. Is that what you want running the country? Do you want these crazy left-wing fanatics running America into the ground and running us off the rails? I don't. So let me be very clear to all of you. Right from the outset, when I have a guest on my show, whether it is the president of the United States, as as it is today, or a doctor talking about the dangers of hydroxychloroquine, which, by the way, was delisted again today by the FDA, I treat them as a guest in my home. I'm not one of those wise guys in the media who thinks it's my job to say gotcha or to trip them up. I treat them as a guest in my house, and I learned this from all the years I was in the Fiji Islands collecting plants where the Fijians treated me as a guest in their home, not as a strange white guy. So the fact of the matter is, President Trump will be treated as a guest in my home today. Does that mean I'm not going to ask him questions? You're wrong. I will. They will be substantive. They'll be on the main topics. But it's not a gotcha show. So if you're looking for gotcha, you can turn to, uh, I don't know, one of the idiots on, on, on CNN, for example, that belong in Siberia, as far as I'm concerned. So we have a lot of unrest right now. We have mayhem in the country. Unfortunately, when I wrote this book in 2017 called Stop the Coming Civil War, uh, not unfortunately, Stop the Coming Civil War, we have a civil war only. Right now, it's only one side fighting. We on the other side are not fighting back. Let's let that hang in the air. We need a leader, and that's what I'm getting to. Can you imagine this country under the rule of a man living in a basement somewhere in, in Delaware? Can you imagine this country run by a senile man who had an eye lift over the weekend to make him look 15 years younger? The last I checked, surgery doesn't help when you have senile dementia. You want him running the country? Well, it won't be him running the country. It'll be some left-wing fanatic that's even worse than him. Keep your eye very carefully on who Biden chooses as a running mate because she will be president within six months of the election. So if you like the takeover of a region of Seattle, Uh, you're going to love a Biden presidency. If you like police being turned into the enemy instead of the thin blue line, you're going to love Biden. 
And this goes for all of you Democrats who may finally understand what's going on in this country and what a Frankenstein you've created. Because if you think that what they've done in Seattle is not going to touch you, you're out of your mind. If you don't stop them in Seattle, they're going to come to a suburban neighborhood near you. They'll take your house. They'll take your property. They'll turn you into a virtual prisoner in your own community. That is what communists do. Say, well, they're not communists. They're just children. They're just young people, like Bernie Sanders used to like to say about all the rioters. They're young people. You got Nancy Pelosi high on the hill in a mansion up there in Pacific Heights. You got Dianne Feinstein in the mansion on Pacific Heights. And they think they're immune to the fires and the rioting that they're triggering in this country. I disagree with them. And let me remind you of something else while we're waiting for the president to join us. It'll probably be next hour, by the way. And if you miss any of this show or any of the interview, it'll be on the podcast later on. Let me uh, quote something that is very important in the days we are living in. And it is from Cicero, a Roman orator and a statesman who lived at about 42 B.C. I have quoted him widely, and I first put him and his quote in the front of a book I published in 06. I didn't publish it. I wrote it called The Enemy Within. Actually, it's a book that should be reread again. Look, look at the title of the book, The Enemy Within, Saving America from the Liberal Assault on Our Schools, Faith, and Military. How does that, how does that work for you right now? But getting back to Cicero... He saw what was going on in ancient Rome. He said, a nation can survive its fools and even the the ambitious, but it cannot survive treason from within. It cannot survive treason from within. For the traitor appears not a traitor. He speaks in accents familiar to his victims, and he wears their face and their arguments. He appeals to the baseness that lies deep in the hearts of all men. He rots the soul of a nation. He works secretly and unknown in the night to undermine the pillars of the city. He infects the body politic so that it can no longer resist. A murderer is less to fear. Cicero, Roman orator, 42 BC. So in this book from a long time ago, The Enemy Within, there's a quote on the back that I think is very important. It's about the police. Because I've dedicated books to the police. They're the only thing we have between us and the thugs. You heard me right. What would you call those people, those young people who took over Seattle? They're not thugs. What are they? They're criminals. You don't like the word thugs? How about criminals? The seizure of private property, my friends, is the most criminal act you can commit next to rape. And if you're willing to give up your private property without a fight, without a word, you're not an American. You don't deserve your property. Where has six decades of radical mad dog liberalism brought us, Savage asks, I'll tell you where America is teetering on the cliffs of insanity. They're speeding us down the pathway of good intentions. Their mantra, celebrate perversity, embrace ultra tolerance, pay rape nations, so-called reparations, support affirmative racism and provide government subsidies for every illegal alien who sneaks in across the border in their haste to push failed socialist ideals. The libs have placed us on a crash course of total destruction. That was written in the book, The Enemy Within, and it was published in the year 2003. Things have only gotten worse. And so let me bring you back to today. The president will be on this program. I'll tell you what I hope to achieve. Having you 
decide to vote for him again. How do you like that? Let me be very clear. I'm trying not to mask my words, mince words. I want President Trump to win again. And I'm hoping that those of you who are disappointed in many of what appear to be his actions will once again come out and vote for him. Why? You say, well, he didn't build the wall. The budget deficit's out of control. We got riots. We were shutting our houses. That's all true. Can you blame him for all of that? You're telling me that the other party and within his own party, the enemies within his own party are not equally responsible? Well, I understand the buck stops here, but there's only so much a president can do. We don't live in a dictatorship. We do not. Some of us would like a dictatorship, but I don't want a dictatorship. I like the craziness of our system. I like the checks and balances. It's worked pretty well for most of us, hasn't it? And I want it to keep working for another 250 years, by the way. Now, is Trump the best one to do it? You know, you don't know anyone else? Tell me who was better than him right now. You're going to tell me you're going to vote for the senile left-wing fanatic Biden, who's really a construct. He's not even a person. You know, the word Biden, what does it actually mean? He's a lifetime career loser politician. His son is, is as corrupt as they make, cashed in on the Burisma deal in the, in the Ukraine, and it's got swept under the rug by Andy, Andy Blooper and the boys at CNN. Don't tell me that man is not corrupt. He's rotten to the core. But worse than that, he hates his own people. If you want to listen to four to eight years of hating white people, go ahead and vote for Biden. If you want to dig the grave of your children, go ahead and vote for Biden. I don't. And if you want to see the police disappear or have their arms seized by thugs in the street, go ahead and vote for any Democrat. No, I'm not going down that road. I don't know how much time I have on this show. I don't know how much time anyone has in life. But I know this. I'm going to make this show count. In 2016, I went all out for Donald Trump. I didn't know him well. He'd been on and off the show since 2011. But compared to Hillary, I knew I had only one choice. And what did I say to you after he won? Those of you who follow the show very closely. I said to you, even if we only get 10% of what we vote for, we will, get, we will be getting 110% of what we would have on the Hillary. Was I wrong? I want you to think back. I said to you, even if we only get 10% of what Trump would like to do or promises us, it'll be 110% more than we would have gotten under Hillary Clinton. I believe I was correct. And so we're living through a terrible time in America. Many of us are depressed, anguished. Most of us are depressed and anguished, anguished because we have pent up rage and hostility. Let's be very clear. We'd like to fight back and our hands are tied. It's that simple. You know, depression is, uh, ask any psychiatrist to read even a petty book on psychiatry. Depression is very often aggression turned inward. Did you know that? Depression is aggression turned inward. And many of us are fuming, seething with rage as we see the monuments to our nation being torn down by barbarians. Make no mistake about it. These are barbaric acts of barbarians. And let me tell you something else. Many times I have taught you about the history of Rome. Rome was split in two after having been invaded by the barbarians. You're telling me what you're seeing in the defacement of some of the greatest leaders in history? They want to take down Washington now and Jefferson and Lincoln? What do you think will be left 
after these Soros-funded mobs succeed in destroying our culture and our legacy? What will they replace it with? Have you thought about that? Do they know what they will replace it with? They're like crazy children who only know how to take down and destroy, not to build up, not to build up. And so again, I want to repeat again, when the president comes on this show, uh, I will not have time to ask you to call because we're going to have very limited time, hopefully 10, 12 minutes. But I'm asking you now, what would you like me to try to get through to him, either directly on the radio show or behind the scenes? Because I got to tell you something, this interview didn't happen by accident. They didn't just call me up and say, hey, hey, Mike, would you like uh, the president to be on the show? The world doesn't work that way. We all worked very hard for this to get him on the show. We haven't seen him in quite a while. And we're all very worried because we see the fake polls saying he's slipping. First of all, the polls are all fake. I don't care where you're reading it. I'll tell you why the polls are fake. Have you been polled yet? I haven't. I don't know anyone has ever been polled. And by the way, a lot of conservatives give fake answers in order to skew the polls. Did you know that? To trick the left-wing pollsters? I don't know if you know that. But here's something positive. This is something really important for you to see. Just this morning, the left-leaning Politico came out and said Trump's going to win by a landslide. I was quite surprised by that. Now, one of the GOP chairmen says the more bad things happen in the country just solidify support for Trump. That goes along with a more succinct analysis that I gave you two weeks ago, which is very simple. I tweeted it two weeks ago when these madnesses started, the riots, the anti-police actions. What I said to you was, when people are scared, they vote right. So you left this, you keep it up. You keep burning, you keep looting, you keep beating people up. All you're doing is solidifying support for President Trump. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Look, living with chronic pain is the worst you can experience. It, it can affect your whole life. Many of my listeners probably have some type of pain that has prevented them from relaxing and sleeping, stopped them from exercising. I want you to look at Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On developed by Omax Health. This really works. It's a non-prescription. It reduces inflammation, improves muscle and joint flexibility. Best part is this. This 100% natural CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and relief lasts up to eight hours, much longer than over-the-counter products. It really works. Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief. Roll on. It rolls on, not a pill, and you get free shipping. This discount also applies to any product they sell on their entire site. How do you get this? Go to omaxhealth.com today and the code SAVAGE. That's omaxhealth, O-M-A-X health.com, code S-A-V-A-G-E. You get 20% off cryo-freeze. Anyone from athletes to Grandma Josie can benefit from this immediate pain relief. And remember, CBD is not the part that causes any psychoactive effects. It's pain relief only. You have pain that won't go away, then you qualify for Omax Cryo-Free. Simply roll it over where it hurts and ice out the pain. It feels great, too. No messy creams or horrible fragrances like some of those other products. Really, it has no scent. 
a nice, nice product. CryoFreeze works within 10 minutes of application, improving physical training, recovery, and performance. Go to omaxhealth.com and the code SAVAGE to get 20% off CryoFreeze and site-wide. This product is the real deal. It works. Go to omaxhealth.com, code S-A-V-A-G-E. You're going to get 20% off and anything else on their site. That's omaxhealth.com, code SAVAGE. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. It is the Savage Nation. We're living through a time of very dangerous mass hysteria. And you say, well, it's happening spontaneously and this and that. You're wrong. Carefully orchestrated by the Democrat Party. We don't have to name names. These things don't happen on their own. But it's almost a perfect storm. You've got the idiotic college girls who haven't been in school for three months, have been locked up. They're frustrated, angry. They're out in the streets rioting. They don't even know what the hell they're rioting about. You got the boys who follow along, whatever the girls do, they do. You got the black radicals out there thinking they're going to bring it all down, man. Uh, let me tell you something. In the 50s, the right wing, so to speak, had a witch hunt in this country. And the questions were, are you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? People's lives were ruined. People were fired. If they were even smeared with having been a communist or a communist fellow traveler. Now that's been changed to a woman comes out and complains about a neighbor who's chalking Black Lives Matter on, this, uh, on a wall, a common wall in an area. She says, you know, you're defacing the wall. It's not yours to do. And then the guy is photographed doing it. She didn't yell at him. She didn't threaten him. She was fired. Her whatever line of which perfume got dropped. Her husband was fired from a financial firm today for being with her. And let me tell you something, all you liberals who think, good, good, they got what they deserved. Heinrich Heine, Christian Johann Heinrich Heine, lived between 1797 and 1856. And he wrote, where they burn books, they will too in the end burn people. As you remember, the Hitlers... The Hitlerites burned books. Remember, there were book burnings, massive book burnings in Germany. You say, well, it can't happen here. Well, let me tell you something. I'm not Heine. I'm savage. And when they knock down statues, they will, too, in the end, knock down people. They were knocking down people. Remember the knockout game that went on for years? You forgot that already? You forgot all the Jews being beat up in Brooklyn? In the knockout game that Anderson Cooper said, shh, don't say anything, quiet. Look the other way. That's not violence, beating up a, an innocent Orthodox Jew. Well, now they're beating up cities. And what are you going to do then when they come for you? And there are no police left, Andy. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Okay, you know I'm a car guy. 
you know I've had a Hellcat. And with the ever-increasing numbers of cars like Dodge, BMW, and Volkswagen, and models like the Hellcat, X3, and Jetta, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. We all know that. I'm a car guy, and I'm telling you why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while a counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com right in your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts in a chain store or new car dealership when you could do it at home on your own computer? Now, you may not know this, but chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and reliably low they are. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Does not require this. You could just do it yourself. RockAuto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet sets. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. But best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write SAVAGE in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's S-A-V-A-G-E. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Don't stand online in an auto parts store and wait for the hostile clerk to get back to you. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock auto. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. You know, the last book I wrote was called Stop Mass Hysteria. Tell me we're not living through a time of mass hysteria. And who did I dedicate that book to? I'll read it to you right now. It's short. This book is dedicated to the men and women of law enforcement who are on the front lines protecting the rest of us from the violent, radical, left-wing street criminals whose goal is to tear our society into, into pieces. Was I wrong? And what was that book about, Stop Mass Hysteria? It was about this. Since Donald Trump's historic ascendance to the presidency, American politics has reached a boiling point. Social and economic issues, even national security, have become loud, violent flashpoints for political rivals in the government, in the media, and on the streets. This collective derangement has a name, mass hysteria. And the opening paragraph is worth quoting. A few sentences. Hatred is in the air. We're living in an age of hate in which mental pollution is worse than air pollution. I'll leave it at that. I want to jump cut 
We have about an hour until the president joins us to a little book that I keep near my broadcast table, near the Bible, near a prayer book, near a couple of history books. It's The Art of War by Sun Tzu. I know you've heard of it, but there's a chapter on tactical dispositions. And one of them in The Art of War, uh, one of the teachings is this, to secure ourselves against defeat lies in our own hands, but the opportunity of defeating the enemy is provided by the enemy himself. Did you hear what I just said? The opportunity of defeating the enemy is provided by the enemy himself. Now, first, you have to know your enemy. Your enemy are the social justice warriors and those who fund them. Some of them have names. Now it's Antifa. Uh, There are other names attached to it, but there's great funding coming to them from well-known sources. So what are they doing in which they are defeating themselves? Well, let me go back to them taking over of seven downtown square blocks in Seattle, Washington, a once beautiful, beautiful city. And on Friday, I went on the air, and I think I, I surprised you when I <clears throat> did a, uh, a podcast about this so-called autonomous zone. I was as angry as anyone in the country. And I wrote, Seattle succumbs to scum. They burned, they looted, and they took over property, private property, and the useless governor did nothing, the useless mayor did nothing, the useless police chief did nothing. And I held my fire and I thought about it overnight. And my podcast was entitled, Seattle Riots, Why Trump Should Not Send in the Military. Why Trump Should Not Send in the Military. Because it it came to me and I realized that what uh, the mobs were doing under the guidance of the DNC, the CPUSA, the National Lawyers Guild, and all of the other left-wing groups that want to destroy this nation, the mobs were trying to bait Trump into sending in the military so they could call him Hitler and worse. And so I said, please, President Trump, do not send in the military. Thus far, he hasn't. Now, truthfully, as you well know, it's the governor's job to defend his citizenry. And Governor Inslee should be put in prison for what he is permitting in Seattle. He should be in prison for this. I need not mention the mayor should be in prison for permitting this. But they're not being imprisoned. They're encouraging the rioters. They're encouraging the thieves. They're encouraging the traitors who are stealing uh, the city from the people, the taxpayers. And Trump should not send in the military. That's the job of the governor, to send in the National Guard. That's what the National Guard does. National Guard sent in by the governor. The governor has abrogated his responsibilities in Washington state. Trump should stay out of that. It's a very important point. It goes right back to the art of war by Sun Tzu, where it is written, we have the ability to defend ourselves very carefully. We have to know who the enemy is. We must let the enemy defeat himself. And I can tell you right now, the enemy is defeating himself. I know people who are Democrats who are scared to death and hate the left right now. They, were, they, were, they didn't like what Trump was not doing. They were saying he promises a lot and doesn't deliver. Well, we'll go into that in a minute uh, because that's not 100% true. That's what the media would have you believe. How many judicial appointments has President Trump made that have, that have and will reshape America for 20 years to come? Two Supreme Court justices, Donald Trump. 
51 U.S. Court of Appeals judges, Donald Trump. 143 U.S. District Court judges, Donald Trump. 196 judges confirmed under Donald Trump. 46 yet to be confirmed. We've got a long way to go to make up for the Ruth Bader Ginsburg ACLU types who have destroyed this country and put us into this hellhole we are living in. Donald Trump has tried his best. He's got the judges. He put them in. And there are more to come. So you can't say that he hasn't delivered on all of his promises. And again, I want to go back to the adage or the the statement I made after he won that if we get only 10% of what he promises, it'll be 110% more than we would have gotten under Hillary Clinton. Now, could you imagine if Hillary Clinton had won and she had put in two more Ruth Bader Ginsburgs, the country would be finished for 100 years. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is the worst scourge that ever happened to this country. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a left-wing fanatic who had been the chief counsel for the anti-Christian Liberty Union. You know it as the ACLU. That would have disqualified her in any sane society. That would be like getting a judge onto the Supreme Court who had been the chief counsel for the Ku Klux Klan, in my opinion. Because to me, the ACLU is the same. You say, oh, how can you make a statement like that? If you take a look at what these vermin have done to this country for all the years they've been in power, your hair would stand up. You'd actually, your hair would catch fire. You want me to be very specific? Let me give you one case. It's very personal. 20 some odd years ago when I was a local host on KSFO, we worked very hard to pass a ballot proposition called 209. 209 was very clear. It was very simple. It was very constitutional. It said hiring shall not be conducted based on race. It was total conformist, conforming with uh, the U.S. Constitution. You shall not hire or fire based on race. It passed by an overwhelming majority, and the people of the state of California loved it. It was a huge victory at the ballot box. The vermin on the left went to a single federal judge named Felton Henderson, who's still alive somewhere in Southern California. Felton Henderson is a rat left-winger who had been on the ACLU uh, side for many, many years. They put him into the federal judiciary, and with the stroke of a pen, this dictator, Felton Henderson, nullified the votes of millions of Californians and said, yes, we're going to use race in jobs, in scholarships and appointments. One man, one man nullified the votes of six million Californians. That's what I mean by fanaticism. And these were never reported. But for people like myself in the media, you wouldn't even know about it. You wouldn't even be hearing about it today. So we're living in very dangerous times and very troubling times. Yes. When we see the vandals, the barbarians knocking down statues. Oh, they say they're all racists. Really, and their leaders are perfect, huh? Can you show me a perfect leader, a perfect man anywhere on the planet? I haven't met one yet. The vermin now want to knock down a Gandhi statue. Are you listening to this in England? Gandhi, of all people, they want to knock down a statue of Gandhi. Why? Somehow some people are aggrieved by Mahatma Gandhi's work. Apparently he's not pure enough for them. If you don't stop these vandals and barbarians now, they'll burn the country to the ground. And going back again to a quote that I gave you earlier by Heinrich Hein, Hein, Heine, H-E-I-N-E, where he warned hundreds of years ago, warned hundreds of years ago, 
that those who burn books will eventually burn humans. That's what he said. Those who burn books will eventually burn humans. Well, I would change it a little bit. Those who knock over statues will knock over people. They're already knocking over people. They have been for years. But I'll go a little further. Those who knock down statues will eventually kill people. They already are. But it's rarely reported. By the way, do you know how many white cops are killed every year in this country? Have you seen that statistic? Uh, Mr. CNN or New York Times. Have you seen the stories of the number of white cops who have been killed, mercilessly killed in this country? Not one of you will report it. It's very sad when you see stories like the one I'm about to read to you, but they're real. And you have to judge for yourself if we're living in sane times. The New York Times salutes the takeover of that uh, region of Seattle as their homeland for social justice. They are saluting the fact that the borders of this barbarian-run community are secured by leftists with machine guns. So, in other words, they're against borders for America, but they're in favor of borders in this precinct that they've stolen in Seattle. This collection of rabble, this collection of bums associated with the Antifa terrorist group. They kicked out the cops. They put up armed guards. They're carrying AR-15s. The New York Times salutes this as a homeland for social justice. They salute the borders they've secured with their own left-wing armed guards. And yet they spit on our own borders, language, and culture. In New York, de Blasio tells COVID contract tracers not to ask positive cases if, they're attended, if they've attended BLM protests. I don't, I don't know if you could believe this, how twisted, sick, and criminal this mayor is. New York City puts out so-called contact tracing people to go around to ask people who test positive for COVID-19 who, they, who they've contacted. But they've been told those who test positive are not to be told whether or not or asked whether or not they've recently attended a Black Lives Matter demonstration. Do you understand how sick and demented the left wing is? Do you understand that they're suicidal to, for themselves, for their cities, and for the nation, and for you? Many of you have been on the fence for many years. Many of you have been apolitical. Call yourself independents. Let me tell you right now, it's live or die right now. It's live or die right now. And as imperfect as I am, and as imperfect as you are, and as imperfect as President Trump is, he is all we've got. After him, you will have total and absolute anarchy and chaos. That's my opinion. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. First, we're locked in our houses based upon false data, false interpretation by criminals in the public health department who should be in prison for what they did to the country. Then we wake up now and the country's burning. Seattle. Now Atlanta, who knows what's next? Philadelphia's Tomb of the Unknown Soldier statue defaced with graffiti. These people have to be stopped. The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier statue defaced with graffiti in Philadelphia by barbarians who are defacing our nation. 
Portland protesters tear down statue of Thomas Jefferson. They got to be stopped. It is a crime against our nation. Remember the motto of this of this show, Borders, Language, Culture. The vermin on the left, the barbarians are through the gates. The barbarians are burning, stealing, looting, beating and defacing our nation. And we're all screaming for somebody to relieve us of this pain. We're boiling inside. We want the president to step in. But I caution you, that's just what George Soros, the ACLU, the National Lawyers Guild, and the others in the communist movement want him to do. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. It is The Savage Nation. We're waiting for President Trump to join us in this hour. It's a very big deal for you, I know that. It's been a very long time he's not been given many, if any, radio interviews since the election. He will join us today live on the Savage Nation. And I've asked you, what would you want to uh, have me say to him or ask him? We won't get to the calls, obviously. But I want to go back to the beginning, to the beginning of the beginning. When I first backed Donald Trump. I knew that they had been listening to my radio show in 2015 and earlier. I was told that by some people who ran his campaign. They were cliff-noting my talking points. They were cliff-noting lines out of my best-selling books. They got my fundamental messaging about borders, language, and culture. They became his campaign theme, in other words. At that time, I decided to back Donald Trump 100%. Because of all the Republican candidates I deducted at the time, his brawling New York style would take him to the top of the Republican ticket, and it did. And that he would be the best chance we had to defeat the corrupt Clinton machine and to restore our national pride. Give the working man who I called Eddie his jobs back. Restore the military. Defeat the ISIS rapists and murderers. Close the borders to the invasion from Central America. uh, Central America. Block more Muslims from coming to America and instituting their barbaric Sharia law. I uh, didn't like the Mueller Dem collusion persecution along the way. I was never really deceived by the Republican Party. I've never been a Republican. I've always been an independent. But I felt Donald Trump would deliver on some percentage of his campaign promises. But what percent would it be? Would it be 50 percent, 40 percent, 30 percent, 10 percent? I'll let you decide. You say, well, it's very disappointing. We still don't have a wall. The debt is out of control. The cities are being burned to the ground by the barbarians. And we don't see much being done. 
Well, I'll ask you, what do you think would be done if we had a left-wing fanatic in the White House? It would be a lot worse. I read to you from The Enemy Within, from Cicero. I quoted you uh, other stuff that's very important for you to understand. And think about where we would be if we didn't have Donald Trump in the White House. And I'll be very clear. I'm not mincing words. I'm not trying to be mysterious about where I stand. I want him to win the election. Look at the other side. Look at the words that came out of Biden's mouth until very recently attacking white people. Remember, he kept talking about white men this, white men that, white privilege, the big lie of white privilege, the mythology created by the communists and the campuses that have now been picked up by the morons in the media. Let me tell you about white privilege. My grandfather was an immigrant. He came here and he worked his heart out and died at age 48. That's the white privilege I had. He didn't, my father didn't leave me a penny. He worked his heart out and died at 56 of a heart attack in a tiny little store in New York's east side when it was a slum. That's the white privilege I had. We had no secret handshakes. No one ushered me into this or into that. No private clubs for me. I worked all of my life. That's uh, my white privilege. We never kept a slave. Never would have kept a slave. My ancestors were like slaves in Russia. That's the white privilege I had. I don't want to hear any more about it. I'm just sick of it. I'm, I'm sick of it up to here, this lie. This lie. I can't take any more of it. But where are we in world history? I want me to put it in a bigger context. It's a very interesting story where we are. If you go back to world powers from the point of Western civilization, you have Babylonia. That was the main world power from 607 uh, B.C., followed by Medo-Persia from 539 B.C., Greece from 331 B.C. Then the Romans picked it up from 30 B.C. And then the Anglo-American world power emerged from about 1763 of the Common Era on. The Anglo-American world ruled the world, ruled the world. And where are we now? Politically divided. Politically divided. The religious people would say this is a politically divided time and we are in end times. I am not of that school. I do not believe we are in end times. I believe that the political division we are experiencing is carefully orchestrated by those who have opposed those of us who voted for Donald Trump. Let me be very clear. He represents us. Let's put him aside for a minute. He got elected. He wasn't anointed. He wasn't appointed. He was elected, not anointed, not appointed. When they smear him, they're smearing you. When they call you names, they're calling you names because they hate you. They hate you. And they like to see you ruined and destroyed. They're using every dirty tactic that has been known to the communists from the beginning of the communist movements around the world. Smearing people who stand up for their own rights, calling them racist. The new name is racist. That's the new name. Everyone's afraid of being called a racist. Everyone's doing the smell test. Am I a racist? Am I a racist? You're a racist? Honey, you're racist? I'm I'm not a racist. You're a racist? I'm not a racist. Everyone's afraid of being called a racist. They lose jobs, lose friends. In the 50s, it was the McCarthyites saying, are you a communist? Are you now or have you been a member of the Communist Party? People lost jobs. You kept hearing about, oh, in the media, in Hollywood, the poor, innocent communists in Hollywood lost their jobs. That was, this, that was the uh, McCarthy witch hunt era, right, so-called? Well, now we're living through a witch hunt of the left. 
trying to sniff out the word, the racist in all of us. And I will tell you right now, the greatest racists are those who are hunting for racists. They are, in my opinion, the worst people this country has ever seen. They are the new Leo, neo-fascists of this nation. And we need to stand up to them. But that's a, time, that, that's a topic for another time. It's a topic for another time. I don't know how you can raise a child in this country thinking that Joe Biden wins, you're going to have a nirvana, a perfect country. Let me be very clear. I know where he comes from. Joe Biden is not really Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a construct. He is a hologram, a a conglomeration of ideas put together with no ideas of his own. So for a while, back in January, February, March, he was using the words white privilege, white male, every other word out of it. I have the tapes, by the way, attacking whites, white males, whites this, white males no good, white males no good, white males bad, white males bad, white privilege. He kept doing it. And then the advisors said, hey, Joe, you better cut it out because your whole base is the white male, incidentally. Be careful. So the dummy stopped doing that. The dummy went on to other things. Now the dummy, I'm sorry to tell you, he had an eye lift in the last few weeks. The guy looks great. I'd like to know who his surgeon is. Great job. And uh, suddenly looks 15 years younger. But, you know, cosmetic surgery doesn't really help the brain. It may work on eyelids, but it doesn't work on uh, the mind very well. The mind can't. This guy cannot finish a paragraph. He doesn't know where he is. I, I Look, it's not laughable. I was once involved in Alzheimer's research. My diagnosis, diagnosis from afar, and if you're a neurosurgeon or a neuropsychiatrist, tell me if you're wrong. He's suffering pre-senile dementia. You want pre-senile dementia in the face of the Democrat Party and behind him some radical woman who wants to bring down a race she hates in this country? She wants to attack your son, your daughter, your children, deny them access to school based on their race? That's what you want? I don't. I want an equal opportunity nation, equal opportunity for all, as Martin Luther King Jr. called for. That's the speech I want to play again. Robert, do we have Martin Luther King's great speech again? I was so stirred by it. I was so moved by it. That's the country I thought I was living in post-60s. Then I wake up and I realize they didn't really want equality. They wanted supremacy. They wanted to oppress white people, those on the left. They wanted to use race as a weapon against the dominant race in this nation. We're living in racially charged times. I can't avoid the word. Let's listen to it for a few seconds and tell me if the loudmouths on the left, the barbarians who are burning and looting and stealing and occupying cities that aren't theirs, are following in the footsteps of Martin Luther King Jr. or some fanatical uh, uh, dictator. This is one of the greatest speeches in the history of this nation. I was moved by it, very moved by it. I actually was lucky enough to hear Martin Luther King Jr. speak 
outside the United Nations. I think it was in 1967 when I was living in New York. I was a young high school teacher. I was very stirred by him, moved by him. And I believed in uh, his message. Then we had the Civil Rights Act put out by Johnson. Title Seven, title this, title that, title this, title that. The next thing I wake up and I as a white boy was denied jobs because of my race. And never forget what the ACLU said, even though I'd killed myself to earn a PhD from the University of California at Berkeley. I killed myself while working jobs, raising children. The ACLU came to UC Berkeley and sneered at me and they said, well, some people just have to put their dreams on hold so that other people can move ahead. That's what the vermin in the ACLU had the nerve to say as their legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. Now let's speed the clock forward. It's 2016. I look at the candidates. I see an array of Republicans and I knew none of them could defeat Hillary. They were not strong enough. They were just not strong enough. Some of them were very good men, smart men, articulate men, literate men. Ted Cruz was a great guy, very smart man. Others were terrific, but I didn't think Cruz could beat Hillary. I backed Donald Trump because I knew his bombastic style is something I understood, having grown up on the other side of uh, Union Turnpike in Queens, New York. We breathed the same air in Alley Pond Park. Probably cooked hot dogs in Alley Pond Park at different times <laughs> without knowing each other. He went to New York Military Academy and I took the Q44A to Jamaica High School. <laughs> but I understand the mentality of living in Queens, New York. Someone gets in his face, he gets in their face even bigger. And I know this is now seen as a problem for many of you. I, I get that. I understand the whole tweeting business, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about you and your country and what you want to see in the future. We've come through three months of horror. When morons in the public health business misread every study. The guy Ferguson in England misread all of his data. They locked us up for no reason whatsoever. Three months ago, I called for selective quarantine. I knew it was a deadly disease. I knew it could kill. I'm a trained scientist. I understood this virus is dangerous for certain groups. And I said, take those certain groups and quarantine them. Don't lock the nations up. But everyone misinterpreted the data. And they said, lock everyone up. Look at the unintended consequences of these lowlifes, these Department of Public Health idiots. Take a look at what Fauci has done to this country and the world with his misinterpretation of the data. Now the dictator of New York, Cuomo, didn't he had so much fun over the last three months with his boring speeches about his meatball life. He wants it again. He says, oh, you know, we opened New York, but the cases are spiking. I may close you down again. He doesn't have the authority to close down New York State, and the people should revolt against him and rebel against it. How do you like that? If he cripples New York even more, if Governor Newsom cripples California even more, there'll be nothing left for anybody. These are not smart men. These are manipulative men. These are front men for much more uh, powerful people. They made a huge mistake in destroying the economies of these two great states. They cannot be allowed to do it again. They cannot be allowed to do it again. You close down the communities that are possibly vulnerable to COVID-19. We know who they are by now. You don't do affirmative action of the lockdown. Not one size fits all, governors. 
you selectively quarantine those most likely to develop the disease. So that brings us down to today. Donald Trump on this show in about 10, 15 minutes. I could ask you again, what do you want me to say to him? What do you want me to ask the president? The lines are too full for me to read some of the statements. Maybe I'll do that now for a minute and then take a break. What are you going to do about limiting H-1B visas, says Roger in Virginia. Why is the swamp not being drained, says Jerry in California. Uh, What can Trump do if they try to force vaccines on us? Why haven't you sent the National Guard to Seattle, says Nora in Seattle. These are some of the questions. I don't know that I will get to all of them, but I have my own. I'll be back and you can decide for yourself whether I did a good job or not. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. I am warning today, in a nice way, consequences of your actions. We have 25,000 complaints statewide. Mussolini. Mussolini. I'm not going to turn a blind eye to them. You hear this? New Yorkers deserve better. Manhattan and the Hamptons are the leading areas in the state with violations. All right, shut up. You know, I'm so sick of these communists. He loves the power. He's threatening Manhattan and the Hamptons to shut them down again because of the reports he's getting of people without masks. Do you understand what is going on in front of your eyes? Do you understand who these left-wingers are? Do you understand we have only one chance to save this nation? President Trump will join us in a few minutes right after this break. Let's see what he has to say about the State of the Union. Be here or be nowhere. I'm Michael Savage. Thanks for listening. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Your great president, Donald Trump on the Savage Nation. President Trump, what a great honor. Happy birthday. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. It's good to be with you again. You know, President Trump, many fiscal conservatives have criticized your economic policy of bailing out mega corporations because of the steep job losses due to the coronavirus shutdowns. They don't understand business. But this strategy now seems to be working. Jobs are way up, even among minorities. Can you tell the Savage Nation about the latest jobs report, which is so important? Well, I actually appreciate that question because we had the all-time in history number one uh, increase in jobs number. Millions and millions of jobs coming back. We're opening up the country. It's doing well. We had to close it, Michael, because we would have lost, you know, millions more. We would have lost possibly two and a half, three million people. And if we didn't, if we didn't do what we did, so we did the right thing. Yeah, well, so far- my my own my own son, who's a business genius, and you know him. I complained about bailing out the big companies. He said, don't you understand by saving them, he's saving jobs? Saving jobs, and uh, you, plus you don't want to lose the big companies. I mean, they're making great product. They're selling the product all over. But, you know, like the airlines, we had to bail out the airlines. It's a rough business, but a very important business for our country. But the job numbers came back, and you saw them uh, announced a week ago, the highest number ever announced, and nobody got it. Wall Street, they had 119 analysts. Not one analyst predicted it right, which makes me feel good. So the job... Well, it's a, yeah, go it's ahead. the same like the, poll, the pollsters who were saying, oh, uh, Trump's down, Biden's up. They gave him an eye job. 
Suddenly they wheeled him out of the basement. They're making him look like he is, and he's a, he's a hologram. But did you know Politico came out this morning, President Trump, and said that they're seeing your reelection through a landslide? Well, I, I feel that it's very interesting. I saw that, and I'm honored by that. And I guess Michael Moore said the same thing, or Michael Moore made a statement that uh, he won, he's going to win again, you know. Well, if I don't win, the country's going to be in big trouble because I, I see what's going on with the party, whether it's Seattle or the mm-hmm. marches or the rioting and the looting, mm-hmm. all the things. This country would be in such trouble. I will oh. say this. I've never seen spirit. Not even last time, not even in 2016, because then they didn't really know. They didn't know exactly, you know, I didn't do it yet politically. And now I've done it with the tax cuts, the regulation cuts, the rebuilding of the military, Space Force, all of the things that we've done. And they said, I've never seen such spirit. We went up to Maine last week, Maine, and I won half of Maine. It's actually two votes, uh, but I won half of Maine and last time. I have never seen the crowds were from the plane to the plant that we opened up. We opened up a, a beautiful plant for swabs. And I went and you had to see the crowds. They were, it was like the landing of a great hero in, on Broadway in the old days. <laughs> it's, you, know, it's you know, here's something. Here's something we did today, President Trump. You've appointed two Supreme Court justices, 51 U.S. Court of Appeals judges, 143 U.S. District uh, judges, 196 total confirmed, 46 yet to be confirmed. People don't realize that your legacy will live for the next 20 to 30 years in the courts, which really matter. And all you're trying to do is right the ship because a bird needs two wings to fly. It's been flapping too far to the left for too long. And you're trying to make that bird fly straight, which I really love. But I want to I know the time is so limited. Everyone's screaming about the riots in Seattle. They're frightened. And uh, what do you think? I, I hate this defund the police movement. I say give them more money and better training. We need more police, not fewer police. What do you think? Well, I think you said it better than anybody could say it. No, we're not going to defund the police. We're going to give more money. We're going to make sure we have good police, you know, policemen and women in there, because uh, obviously some of the things that we saw over the last few weeks are not acceptable to you, to me, to anybody. But, you know, the vast, vast majority of these people are extraordinary people, and they can do a thousand good acts and one bad one, and the one that is played, you know, because that's the way it is, and that's the way life is, actually. I'm not blaming anybody, but the one that's played is the bad act, and then everybody sort of brushes the entire force as, as having, as being that way, and it's not that way. The police, the law enforcement have done an incredible job. You know, we had a record number this year in terms of crime being down, a record. We had a phenomenal year in terms of crime. And uh, frankly, if we did the job, if the police were allowed to do their job in a place like uh, like Chicago, you take a look at what's going on in Chicago. If they were allowed to do the job, they'd solve that problem very quickly and very easily. But they're prohibited from doing their job. No, but we want uh, I think you said it so beautifully. We want a lot of money for our police. They've got to do their job. They have to be great trained. If there's a bad one in there, you got to get him or her out fast. But they have to be able to do their job, and they can't be looking over their shoulder, Michael, and that's what you mean. Terrible, right, because the bad guys will always shoot first. Right. President Trump, right. President Trump, this is a really big one, this voter fraud thing. The Dems, like Governor Newsom, are pushing for all mail-in ballots. He was stopped temporarily by a federal judge, actually by a judge in Northern California. We're terrified of the illegal aliens voting, the Democrats voting four or five times. 
Is there anything that your administration is doing to prevent voter fraud? Well, we're suing and we're filing another big lawsuit, I think, on Friday. And I think we have a good case. Uh, Newsom announced that he's sending out millions and millions of of uh, mail-in, what's called mail-in ballots. And you know, where you, you say, who are they sending these these to? And maybe who aren't? Let's say you take a Republican district and maybe those ballots don't get sent there. OK, this is the craziest thing. This is this will be a rigged election if they're allowed to do it. We're mm-hmm. like crazy. If you take a look, you know, we've won the last four elections. We won in uh, Wisconsin. We won in North mm-hmm. Carolina. We won two. You know that mm-hmm. the big one. We won a very big one in California. First time in 22 years. But we're fighting mail-in ballots. And in those cases, they had a lot of mail-in ballots, which is incredible. But the 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 chance of theft where they steal them they hold up mailmen they take them out of mailboxes they print them fraudulently and i'll just tell you this one story because it happened over the weekend the person i know very well a friend of mine his son passed away seven years ago beautiful great son and he's a great gentleman and he said sir you're right about mail-in ballots we just received a ballot in the name of my son and he died seven years ago oh boy and this is going to happen and that, let's say, was a legitimate mistake. But these mistakes are made by the millions. Mm-hmm. Go to a voting booth and vote, unless you're an absentee, in which case they have to go through a whole process right. in order to vote. They have to go right. through a very strict process. Right. To, the equivalent of going to a voting machine, or maybe even sometimes better. Yes. We have to stop that, and we have to stop illegal voting. Yes. And, uh, I think that's the one, the biggest risk I have. And the biggest risk, frankly, that the Republican Party has is mail-in ballots. It's a very big risk. Well, I'm glad that you're suing on behalf of the sanctity of the, of the ballot box. You, President Trump debt, the budget, left-wing riots are freaking Americans out right now. We're all afraid of the huge budget deficit. And, and many people are saying to me, Michael, please ask President Trump to not bail out California, not bail out New York. Let them pay for their own failed policies and high taxation. Do you intend to bail out all states, some states or no states after the COVID disaster? No. What we want to do is do something with respect to COVID because they did really, a lot of the states did, but we're not doing what they call as bailout. A bailout is where a state like Illinois has been run badly for years and still is badly run. And we're supposed to bail them out for all of those years of abuse and all of those years of bad management. No, we're not being, we're not doing that at all. We're doing, uh, we'll do something for COVID. And, you know, look, they've lost a substantial amount. We'll do something for COVID. Now, at some point, we're going to get this back to a level. You see, with the jobs numbers and all of the things, there are a lot of positive things happening. And by the way, very positive also on vaccines and therapeutics and cures. We're doing tremendous. I think you're going to see numbers a lot earlier. I think you'll see a, a, uh, a conclusion to that. A lot sooner than people think. A lot sooner. And I meet with people. I meet with the scientists. I meet the, with the people that are doing this stuff. They're really doing well. They're really, you know, we're doing testing, actually. We've started testing. And uh, nobody thought that would happen for a long time. So I think that's, but even without that, you know, at some point this stuff goes away. And it's going away. Our numbers are much lower now. It's going, we'll have hot spots and we put out the hot spot. We'll never close the country. What we did was so right, and then right now we're doing 
properly. But you're going to have also therapeutics and vaccines coming out, and I think they're going to come out much, much sooner rather than later, Michael. Well, look, Donald, you know that I have a training in, in epidemiology. I've studied diseases for years, and they so, they so misread the data on this from the beginning, misled the people. This guy Ferguson from England, all his data was wrong. Yep. Based on that, they closed the whole world down. And they don't even admit their mistakes. Now Cuomo's screaming he's going to shut down Manhattan and the Hamptons again because they're not listening to him. Are you listening to the craziness? But I want to ask you one last question. He's wanting to do that for politics. for politics. Up, up, The power, power madness. Yeah, well, and he'd like to see that for November because if you can do that till November, the economy won't advance as much as I say it should advance because we're really advancing rapidly with jobs and everything else much further along than people would. You know, I built... I built the greatest economy during my administration in the history of the world. We never yes. had better numbers. It's yes. job numbers for African-American, Asian-American, Hispanic-American. And now, all of a sudden, we had to turn it off. We did the right thing. We saved millions of lives. And now we turn it back on. Somebody like Cuomo may be doing that for political reasons, because the comeback would not be as great. But it's going to be a great comeback regardless. President Trump, everything that you do seems to be an uphill battle with the left, and sometimes even your own party is against you. You know, in a general in a general way, did you expect this much resistance when you were first planning on becoming president? No. First of all, I thought success. I knew I was going to be successful, and no president's ever done what I've done in the first three and a half years. No, pre- whether you look at all of the taxes, all of the rebuilding of the military. Look at what we've done with choice for the vets. We got choice approved and accountability approved, but we got choice approved where the vets can go see a doctor. Now we pay for the doctor as opposed to waiting in line for two months. I mean, the vet stories, you don't hear about the vets. You know, I just heard the approval rating for the VA is up 40% from what it was in the old days of your friend Obama. (laughs) <laughs> my friend. Yeah, my good friend, Obama. I really love that presidency. No, I have to do that to you. But but you know what? Up 40 percent. The the VA is running well. It's all running well. Then we got hit by the uh, the Chinese sent us a little gift and uh, we're not going to forget it. That should never have happened. They should have contained it. They could have contained it. They did contain it for the rest of China, but they didn't contain it for the rest of the world, including Europe and the United States. So not a good thing. But we are uh, we've got it back on track and it's going fast. It's going faster than people would have thought. You know, you you mentioned China. They colluded with WHO to cover up the pandemic at a time when we had a chance to stop it if they had only disclosed it. Now, China also controls much of our pharmaceutical supply. Our farmland is being uh, uh, bought up by by Chinese. Our universities are rampant with uh, spies from China. What do you think needs to be done about China and what actions is your your administration thinking of taking or taking? Well, I've already done a lot of it. You know that we've taken in billions and billions of dollars in taxes. We never took in 10 cents. I've given billions to the farmers who were hurt because they were targeted by China. And I've given the difference. They were uh, it was 16 billion and it was 12 billion. And I've given that money over in the form of taxes that we took in from China, and the rest went into our treasury, which was many times that amount. So the farmers were were very happy with what's happening. And we're doing things that have been very strong. In addition, I made a trade deal with China, which, frankly, so far they're living up to, which is uh, some people are surprised by that, but they're living up. They're buying a lot of, lot of stuff. But the day we got hit with this COVID, or whatever you want to call it, A lot of different names. People call it by many different names. 
some of them very insulting to China. But the day we got hit with this disease, my whole feeling felt I, the ink wasn't even dry on this trade deal. It was a great deal. $250 billion they're supposed to put into our country a year. The day that that came in, I was very happy. And then when I heard that the flu, the virus was coming in, something coming in, sir, the plague is coming in from China. I felt very much different about the deal that we had made, which was a great deal, because we've never had a deal with China. But China was ripping off this country $530 billion a year. Think mm -hmm. of that. $530 billion a year, ripping us off for years. I got elected because of, you know, that was one of the, and not only China, everybody else also. And we've renegotiated a lot of those deals, Michael. We've made them from bad deals to great deals. South Korea is an example where we had a horrible deal that was supposed to create jobs, and we lost jobs with it. We've renegotiated those deals. We've right. done a lot of that. But we made this great deal with China, but I feel differently about it now since we got hit with their... Uh, with their president. President Trump, before you go, I just want to say this for myself and all my listeners. We know that America's survival hangs in the balance. We make no bones about the fact that it's either you or total chaos in this country. Biden is a front man for the most extremist left wing fanatics I've ever seen in my lifetime. I don't mind a decent liberal. I grew up with them. I understand them. These people, President Trump, are not liberals. You know that better than I do. Yep. These people are fanatics. Yep. They, would, they would destroy everything, not only that you created, but that all of our ancestors created in this country. And that is why I said before you came on the show, I back you 100% and I will right through the election. And I want to thank you very much for putting up with the, with the crap you've had to put up with. Every man I've talked to said, why doesn't he just give the keys back and walk away? They couldn't take what you've taken. Well, it's an honor that you say that. And you were my friend from the beginning and you were there long before people thought I'd win and right from the escalator ride down, if you remember those conversations. And uh, you really uh, you really understand what's going on. You have a lot of street smarts, common sense and just smart. But I will say this. Uh, it's a disgrace what's going on. And when you see Seattle being taken, yeah. we're not talking about, you know, a, a local town. We're talking about a great city. Uh, President Trump, I could listen to you for another hour. The guys are screaming at me that you've got to go. And that um, I, I guess I've got to say, I pray to God that you come back again on the Savage Nation. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 